Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing. This is widescreen podcasting and the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Of course, I'm your host, Sam Wiles, and today, once again, we're going to be indulging in our ongoing conversation that I've been semi-continually on and off been having with Diana, Phoebe and Talia, the three fabulous hosts of the insightful Beatles podcast, Another Kind of Mind. We have been speaking about the album artwork of Paul McCartney, the imagery itself that attracts us to these albums initially. You know, these are the first things that can leave an impression on you as a fan. We are going through the design, the colouring, the way it impacts you emotionally. And of course, we cannot help but discuss the albums themselves also. This was never meant to be a single episode, but for those of you who have listened to part one, uh, you will know that that was never going to happen. On said podcast, aka the last time AKOM graced us with their presence, we managed in about two hours to cover our hellos and a single Paul McCartney album cover. That being the cover for McCartney, McCartney 1 from 1970, of course. And we're going to be keeping it chronological, so you can guess what we're going to be covering today. But let me reassure you all now, with minor spoilers here, we do in fact cover more than one album today. This is going to be a far more efficient episode in that sense, you might say. If you haven't heard part one of our chat, I would strongly suggest going back and checking that out, as we literally get to know each other on air, and it certainly sets the tone for this episode too. Just like last time, the chat you're about to hear was a joy to be a part of and was even more fun to put together in the editing room. Seriously, even just after two episodes, I already have like three solid hours of bonus unrelated chit-chat that I I desperately wish I could justify including, but sadly I can't. And We have currently set a date in our calendars for part three of our conversation and... Yes, there is going to be a slightly larger gap between parts two and three than there was between one and two. But yep, whilst we're working all of that out, I hope you enjoy today's episode in the meantime. Anyway, as I'm sure all of you will have guessed by now, we cannot continue our discussion of Paul McCartney album artwork without first paying the bills with the housekeeping. Housekeeping! This week, the only real announcement in terms of the show is my recent appearance on Pods Like Us, which is a new podcast where friend of the show and host Marv interviews podcasters about podcasting. In many ways, it's the very essence of every podcast in which it's just an excuse for the host to talk about people they are interested in talking to. And of course, he was kind enough to have me on for his third episode, so... If, like me, you want to hear me talk about myself for an hour, which is basically already what I do on the show here when you think about it, then you totally must check out Pods Like Us. He's releasing episodes every week now. Um, Links down below for all of that. Check him out on whatever platform you're using. Give him the old Paul or nothing love. In terms of Paul McCartney-based news, 
Of course, the viral marketing campaign for the supposed apparent, not quite official yet, release of McCartney 3, that has not really been reported on in the mainstream media at all, is well underway, folks, with mysterious dice appearing everywhere we look on the internet right now, with the number three on them appearing on various social media platforms, as well as the Spotify versions of McCartney and McCartney 2. If you listen to them, I think on specific playlists, the number three dice rolls on and is a little bit of a clue as to what is coming. Also, photos have leaked of supposed bags of McCartney dice that have on uh, most of the sides the number three, but on one of the sides, maybe the six or the one, depending on your point of view, is the word McCartney. These have supposedly been sent out to journalists to build up a little bit of hype for the album. Imagine the price that these things are going on eBay, folks. Keep your eyes peeled for them in the future. And in terms of the show, I've still got a glut of awesome episodes that I recorded over my holiday, so be prepared to see them popping up in your feed over the coming weeks. Uh, I'm still writing and finishing off those 1989 World Tour and give my regards to Broad Street episodes. If you want to get in contact with the show, please email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. As always, want to hear your McCartney stories, your McCartney trivia. How are you related uniquely to the man in some exciting way? Do you want to challenge me on one of my reviews? Is there an album coming up that you want to warn me about or say something about? Have you met the man? Have you gone through his bins? I want to know. In terms of today's episode, of course, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Paul McCartney album cover collection, whether it's ones we've already covered, but especially the ones we are about to cover on upcoming episodes. What are your thoughts on the album covers of Wings and Paul McCartney solo? You know, I would love to hear and read those out. We do have one email to read out today, and it's from one of our regular contributors, Dave Jackson, who is writing in response to our last episode, our four-hour epic on the Ruttles. He says, Dear Sam, I was lucky enough to see the Ruttles on their last tour at Grimsby Central Hall in 2019. You could say it was almost their candlestick moment. Neil Innes and John Halsey were present, but these Jimmy Nickel lookalikes made up the other two group members. Grimsby Central Hall was on par with Hamburg as drunks danced at the front and Neil Innes had to keep humouring them and their jibes. The Ruttles did perform the original album songs, but they also did perform the archaeology numbers. I must admit, as well as Shangri-La, the songs Questionnaire and Joe Public are good songs from the second album. Have a listen, mate. I certainly will, Dave. I do need to give archaeology a fair shake, I do feel. Dave continues, I did watch Rutland Weekend TV when it was originally broadcast in 1975, and I remember Eric Idle on the front cover of the Radio Times to promote it. However, unlike the brilliant Ripping Yarns and Faulty Towers, Rutland was complete shite. Hence, no one remembers it and it never coming out on video. The Ruttles was the exception to the rules, and was actually funny. Also, the album got to number 12 in the UK charts, and Rutland is a county near Leicestershire. Keep up the great show, Sam. Dave Jackson. Yes, David, you are indeed a very lucky man to have seen the Ruttles. You can't imagine how annoyed I am that I never saw the Ruttles when I had the chance. It doesn't make sense. I knew who they were, and 
Oh, it's so irritating that I never even just bothered to check whether they were touring. But, alas, at least there's quite a few of their gigs on YouTube, you know? But thank you so much for that email anyway. I do still need to check out Ripping Yarns and the rest of Archaeology, so I will get on that for, as my homework. Though I do need to defend Rutland Weekend Television a little here. And I don't know if I stated this clearly enough in the episode itself, but what RWT I did see whilst prepping for that show, which was like a, a couple of, of epis which was a couple of episodes, I did actually find rather funny. But anyway, if you want to be like Dave here and have your email read out on the show, drop us an email at pullmancarneypod at gmail.com. If you want to keep up to date with the show every day, check us out on Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. Follow our blog for some bonus Paul or Nothing content at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube simply by typing in Paul McCartney Pod or Paul or Nothing. If you want to help out the show right here, right now, on whatever platform you are using, then please consider leaving us a five-star review, whether that's on iTunes, Podbean, Podomatic, Stitcher, whatever you are using. It really helps give the show the exposure it needs. It boosts us up in those impossible-to-read algorithms. And hey, if you're feeling extra nice, you might even want to write a little review and say what you like so much about the show and why, if that applies to you, which... I am sure it does. And best of all, it's free and takes just a couple of seconds. However, if you want to help out the show in a more direct manner and you want to take it up a notch, then please check out our Patreon page. As I'm sure most of you are aware by now, I've mentioned it so many times, Patreon is a service where you, the public, can help support independent content creators such as myself on a monthly basis with a small donation. Some of the patrons we have on the show donate $1, $2 a month, some donate 5 a couple donate slightly more, very thankful for that. But yeah, if you like the show, which I produce in my spare time whilst I'm working a full-time job, I don't put ads on the show. If you like this content, folks, which I do put my heart and soul into, then please do consider joining our wonderful host of patrons, patrons including... Stephanie Miller, Louis DiLonardo, Stuart Cook, Cheryl McCoy, Katrina S, Sam Hode, Anastasia P, Robert Carabelli, and the old guard, Tony Vosile, Warren Butson, and Matt Phillips. And of course, I just want to thank any and all of you out there who are just listening to the show. You know, just by doing that, you are doing your part, and I, I can't thank you enough. Tell a friend about the show, yada, yada, yada. I hope you're all safe and well, and... And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And with that, let's cut to the live feed, folks. And now that we are done with all that tosh, it's time for me to once again bring on three very esteemed guests who I'm immensely fortunate to have on the show once again, because, well, not only because they are, you know, immensely powerful and influential figures mm. in Beatle politic right now, and that is not uh, an overhog statement whatsoever um but i'm also excited just because we had an incredibly fun time speaking the last time around they are the hosts of mm. an in, of an incendiary exciting hotly discussed beatles podcast the indomitable <laughs> another kind of mind links down below yada 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 by now you would have listened to part one of my discussion with phoebe talia and diane already and already you would have seen that it took us two hours of conversation to essentially get through our intro and one album cover. <laughs> yeah, we'll get onto that shortly. Uh, we, we spoke about McCartney and 
yeah, we kind of got to know each other there. And we're going to launch right into Ram. And we're going to see how far we can get. Who knows? You know, We might even talk about two album covers this time. You never know. <laughs> anyway, let's cut to the chase, shall we? Please welcome everyone. A-K-O-M. Hello, another kind of mind. How are we, everyone? Hello. Doing good. Yep. Well, thanks. Thank you all so much for coming on the show again. I'm I'm just really glad that we're able to continue this conversation. Yes, too. Me too. Yeah, it's super fun. What was it about again? Album artwork, I think. I think that's what the main reason was. That was the theme, yes. (laughs) That's our reason for being here, yes. Just as a little compliment, just as to your skills as broadcasters, uh, something a little... We're going to peel the curtain back a little bit, folks. Uh, the last time I had these these fantastic podcasters on, I forgot to click record for the first 30 minutes of our conversation, uh, which which was a little <laughs> Thank embarrassing God. for me. Yeah. <laughs> the best stuff that you'll never, ever hear was in those 30 minutes. It was really raunchy stuff as well, like, wow. Triple X. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but I must say, um, I was kind of panicking. I was thinking, oh, my God, they're going to go to Ken Womack and they're going to laugh behind my back and all. And, you know, <laughs> Ken Michaels and Kit O'Toole are going to find out, you know, I was panicking. <laughs> Rather kindly, you just were like, OK, we can just have that exact conversation again. I was like, oh, all right, you say that. It's not going to be as good the second time around. And then... Woe behold, you managed to recreate with just as much zeal and excitement and fun the exact same conversation again, and it was perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, that was an incredible sight to behold, I must admit. Well, sometimes yeah, the we second go-around go is good, too, because then you think of things you didn't think about the first time. Yeah. Yes, and and we have been known to do that same thing, redos a few times, Right. No, no, no. These things are always done in one take, surely. (laughs) Your podcast requires no editing, I'm sure. No, yeah, we just sit down and do two hours and done. We tend to go off on into rabbit holes, lead very deep into the forest. Right. That definitely need to be cut out because (laughs) we've gone on to another continent. But, you know, we've got to reel it back in. So things do get cut. Yeah, side rants. Off topic discussions, yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of recording. For every two hours that goes out, there'd be what eight <laughs> hours. There's like four hours of us just like and another thing and another, <laughs> and another. exactly. That sounds like Patreon bonus content. If I ever heard it, you know, you should get that stuff out there. Well, I, you should know, judging on how long we were able to talk about all the Beatle wives and girlfriends, various outfits, <laughs> like we, we can just go off on a side topic for a very very long time um, yeah it's not always being relevant is the issue yeah and that's like not like talking for three hours about sergeant pepper or something you know that, that like everyone's got their teeth into that was a nice esoteric jaunt that was very fun i really did like that yeah well, it can't be you can't be super duper serious and depressing all the time or you you lose your enthusiasm for this stuff <laughs> Yeah, I quite enjoyed the discussion of of the fashion of the the wives. I mean, actually, I'd be happy to talk about the fashion of all the Beatles and their entourage. That sounds like a great topic. Okay, right. Let's start this tangent because I didn't have much preamble planned. I'm going to say right now, my favorite Paul McCartney outfit is the sweater vest from the Magical Mystery Tour era. Oh, 
Oh, adorable. Do you really like it? You really enjoy it, Sam, or is this, like, ironic? No, it's not ironic. I really want one. I really want one badly. If someone could knit one for me and send it in, I'll gladly put my uh, P.O. box down below. I'd love that. He looks great. You could definitely order it off of Etsy because I've seen it. Like, straight up, you know, Paul McCartney's MMT vest. Yeah, it's kind of amazing it isn't more of a thing, really. I mean, you know, it's a pretty iconic look. It, it is, but again, it's it's iconic, but within a certain subgenre of fandom. Right. I want to look like their worst moment in pop culture ever. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like John Lennon has a look. Like you could go to Party City and get a John Lennon costume, right? It's oh like, yeah, and my know. friends have yes. And yep. that's yeah, going to be the like, beard and the glasses. I'm taking right. it. Yeah. Super famous, you know, iconic. Um, well, or 70s, you know, a jean jacket and like a little oh, yeah. shades and yeah. Um, yeah, and a little wrap around his arm, you know, like right. and Paul, Paul isn't quite like that iconic because he's still alive and he changes and he grows and he evolves, you know, but um, but if we wanted to, like if you got a bunch of freakish Paul McCartney fans to throw to go you know dressed up as a party or something like that like we could all find iconic outfits oh yeah would all recognize immediately that would be super fun actually to go to a part part where where we could all dress up in crazy paul outfits costume contest exactly yes or one of the pants that he wore um to the greek island visit striped oh yeah well yeah those ones the cartoon ones yeah the ones with like the little cartoon print Thing. That was done by the fool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be a hard one to imitate. But that like would be Holly Hockey wallpaper. Oh my right. god, I, it does. I love, <laughs> I love that outfit though, and I think that incorporated a vest, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Didn't he yes. at some point wear the vest and the pants? I, I actually, that's a pretty cool look. Yeah. At yeah. some point on the on the on the on the boat or the yacht or whatever in Greece, he's walking around in just swim trucks and vest. <laughs> no shirt. No. <laughs> yes. That's right. When like a tea out. cozy. What? Paul, what's going on? I, that was no, actually, no, no, no. It's, it's not no, no. a knitted one. That's actually pretty hot. I wish he would have worn that very hot. Yeah. more often. That's very yeah. hippie pippy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wish we would have worn that down the street. Yeah. Hippie Paul yeah, is sexy. Kind Paul. of like a slutty, like slutty Euro hippie look. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Have we got any photos of like Linda wearing Paul's T-shirt the morning after in that classic style? Well, they trade clothes a lot. A uh, lot of does she wear the vest? Clothes. No, now, she. Now that would wears... send me reeling. My gosh. <laughs> well, he wears a lot of her stuff in the seventies, right? Okay, yes. are we are we coming onto a kink that I've not read up on in the Tom in the in in the Tom Doyle book here? Yeah, Tom Tom Doyle missed some stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they, they I don't sure. know if it's such a kink. I mean, he wears it out in public. It's... I just feel free in lingerie, you know? It's just, you know, it's loose. Well, I mean, Linda's style isn't exactly, you know, lacy and... That's Linda's true, never whatever, worn a corset, whatever. no. No, the, but I there are... Think Linda's ever been in a corset. <laughs> she barely Sorry, wore a bra <laughs> half the time. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, come on. No, it's just like her teeth, her like blouses and sweaters and shit. Oh yeah, there's lots of times where you see and like maternity a, dress. Her maternity, <laughs> he wears her maternity dress as like a shirt. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and, that, and it actually looks good on him. And uh, there's 
There's this pink wing shirt that they wear that has feathers around the collar. And you can see, oh, yeah, yeah. maybe you could post this. There's a photo of Linda wearing it and Paul wearing it. And you can say, who wore it better? And actually, and I, 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 you know what? I think there's a picture of Denny in it too. So <laughs> Denny I'm, look, I'm looking it up right now. Paul McCartney, pink feather shirt. Come on. Come on, Google. Don't fail me now. If it does, I will send it to you because it's a pretty. I actually would vote for Paul looked best in that shirt. It was like it's like prime glam look. He looks really good in pink, actually, like especially a hotter pink. Yes, I mean yes. he could do soft pink too, but like a hot pink, he looks red, really, really good. In. Red and pink, he should have worn. Yep, and he didn't wear them very often. There's the pink he wore in that photo with John that I'm just looking at now, where they're doing the the uh, fisticuffs. The uh... well, the pink. Yeah, suit. there's the mad the out suit. Oh, yeah. and the oh, yeah. and the shoes are incredible as well. That oh was yeah, fun. those shoes. But I, I can also see. I'm trying really hard to find a picture of Linda where she's wearing like a t-shirt over a bathing suit and she's leaning up against a car and has a bottle. Oh of Jack yeah, Daniels. yeah, yeah. That's hot. Yeah. Oh yes. my god, she looks like very badass. The, yeah, one of the hottest pictures of her out there, and I can't find it anywhere. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. This is important. This is a great podcast. Wait, we're gonna look in our files. <laughs> And try yeah, to find the We're just going to look at different different <laughs> pictures of, the, of Paul. Cut this out. No, this is oh, this is this is staying in. I think the uh, album art cover chat is probably going to get cut, if any, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> uh, this is definitely going to be like I'm going to have to fill I'm going to have to fill Spectre the fuck out of this podcast, you know. And... <laughs> had it, had it with strings and horns it. and harps and. Can I? I could just glin John's it and just release it as is, you know. Yes. Oh yeah, there she is. Oh Jesus, she looks absolutely phenomenal there. My word. Yeah. Linda McCartney had legs. Who knew? You know. <laughs> uh, I think she looks so cute legs out there too, which yeah, she usually, but... you know, doesn't. But maybe she had just had one of the kids. Then <laughs> <laughs> she looks over it. <laughs> yeah, she, does. she does she's like put the fucking camera down okay can we just have any guesses for what the very first image on google images under linda mccartney is oh god her Do wedding her wedding no it's her and paul looking in each other's eyes uh at the sergeant pepper launch which is quite nice actually. oh that's Aww. a great photo i'm happy yeah. for that to be it weddings number five Oh, cute! I like the the Sergeant Pepper one. She looks great there too. That's like a that, to me. That's a great look. I loved her hair. I love business, Linda. Yeah, I Linda actually like good in suits. Yeah, and she would sometimes dress up in the in the eighties like that. She'd just rock a blazer for no particular reason, and yeah, it looked really yeah. good. She looked super good in blazers. She yeah. did, but remember, like remember they when they go to trial and she's wearing like a pantsuit then too. She looks she looks good in that kind of look because she's tall yeah. and slim, you know. Yeah. Looks good on her. And she does those, like, those longish skirts with, like, knee-high boots. Yeah, that's a good look, too. That was a good 70s look. I think she looks adorable around the time of the James Paul McCartney special when she had baby mullet, but she also had braids on the side of her head. Like, that, she looked really cute then. She was also very skinny, but I, I I think she looked pretty hot then. I've always thought her hair looked a bit like a Jedi like with that kind of braid down the side, like yes, that's yeah. totally, it's totally <laughs> like Anakin, right yeah, now. yeah. Anakin totally fucking stole that from Linda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like tribal. Yeah, it's awesome. 
Yeah, it's in style right now too, actually. I'm trying to picture like a Star Wars lightsaber fight scene set to like Country Dreamer or something now, you know. (laughs) Very non-aggressive fight, lightsaber fight. (laughs) Morph Moose and the Grey Goose could be set to the Death Star scene though. I I bet that that edit could work, 100%. (laughs) So our first album today, our second album overall, we're going to talk about 1971's Ram. Guess you never knew Talia, how would you best describe Ram as an album? Is it an underrated classic or is it an underrated classic? It's an underrated classic. It's Good one choice. of my favorites. It's yeah. canon. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of all of our favorites. It has such a vast variety of musical styles from track to track, but the track order is really like intentional and intuitive and natural. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous production throughout. Their vocal performances are just out of this world. Him and Linda's vocal blend is like ethereal and magical to me. The soundscapes are really various, so you get a lot of variety. Um, And you have like a whole spectrum of songs from mystical and ethereal to like a taunting or a teasing sort of feel. And I just love how deeply personal this album is for Paul and Linda. Yeah. It is a bit of a meme on this show, like how often I like to talk about Ram and how much I love Ram, but nothing's changed my mind over the past few years that it's unquestionably Paul's strongest and most consistent work. It leaves Band on the Run in the dust as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. It's probably the best record of all the solo Beatles. Probably even more so than Plastic Owner, Band Imagine and All Things Must Pass. I agree. Better than all of them. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. I feel like it blows All Things Must Pass out of the water. Me too. All Things Must Pass has some very, you know, some amazing tracks on it, but it's not like I can't sit and listen to All Things Must Pass from start to finish. I select the like seven tracks that I love the best and that's about it. Whereas this, I can listen to it from start to finish over and over again. I flip that record back over and start it all over. And it feels like 20 minutes. It, it flies by. It's yeah, so fast. It's, it's quick. Yeah. It never gets boring either. That's the thing. I've been it, listening yeah, to it, never it does. for years. And it's like, I still love it so much. It's shocking. Can you, so imagine, much- can you imagine how confusing that, like, because it is a masterwork. And can you imagine how confusing it would have been to him when people were just like, nope, <laughs> not a good song on there. Like, what? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, because he's, well, he he's not, you. It, <clears throat> here's the thing, is like, I feel like he quickly had a different role, like he had to adjust to a different role in music, like he's not used to 
He's like the most successful popular musician and like the popular musician in like the world. All of a, and then like all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay. So nobody gets what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. okay. Nobody's applauding um, what I do anymore. Okay. Is it That's- me? It's not me, right? <laughs> like that would be crazy. What a, what a strange sudden. Oh my God. Depositioning. It, it must've been so disorienting. Like what? what right, you don't exactly. love me anymore? Mm. You like what? Yeah, I mean, and also, like, am I crazy? Like, because yeah, I didn't change. This is great, and like, and everybody thought it was great when we were making it. And like, I don't know why it's not being received. It's very strange. It's the first time though where the audience isn't meeting McCartney halfway. Like, I think I think it's it's quite easy to underestimate the whole you know the stereotype of well, he everyone thought he broke up the Beatles, so they didn't like Ram. A lot of that's quite true, though. People were just going into it very negatively charged, I feel, and were ready to look for flaws in the, in you know, yeah. in, in the kind of modern YouTube nitpick kind of way. Like, oh, this isn't that good, and oh, that that could have been better, and John's harmony would have been really good there, and oh, George Harrison's solo would have been good there. I don't know about that. I will I will say this. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of those people... <laughs> obviously who looks at Paul's work and goes, gee, what could John have contributed to it? Like, I don't care. It's not, yeah. it's irrelevant. Me neither. Yeah. Same. Um, <laughs> I will say, and this has nothing to do with the music on Ram, but um, <laughs> this is my sort of weird minority opinion is that I think John was actually a great ambassador for Paul's music because it, and like the sort of element that Paul brought into the Beatles, the sort of like weird, strange, eclectic, like, um, you know, pastiche sort of stuff that Paul added to the the whole broad spectrum of Beatles music. Like I think yeah. because John Lennon is up there saying it's cool. Everything we do is cool. People are just like, it's cool. You know what I mean? But like once John's not up there looking like the Fonz going, it's awesome, man, buy it. Then people are just like, what is this? It's well, just like yeah. too weird. Yeah. Well, also, I, I agree that, it, you know, John John sort of gave this halo of cool to everything and he offset, you know, the, here's a blues. In case that wasn't for you, here's a blues song to make re- reassure you it's cool. But he, not only did he pull that away or he, he, was he not a part of that, but he was actively criticizing Paul's music, right, you know, exactly. like yeah. out there saying it was granny music. And, you know, and so that sort of positioned Paul in a way that was not cool. So, again, to, to the point of people were looking at it through those eyes. But, you know, it was popular. It was well. It did sell well. It just didn't get well reviewed. It was like the yeah. the underground press that didn't like it. Those that were running sort of the influencers in the area of rock and roll yeah. didn't like it because be, for very political reasons. And then that would have filtered on to people, you know. I like, oh, I guess this isn't a good album, you know. Yeah. That kind of thinking. I, I think they also just didn't want to put in the effort to think about it too. You know what I mean? It's like if something new comes up, you you have to kind of think about it for a little bit, you know? Like just sit with it. It just yeah. 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 It's like it's like new cars. Sometimes when a really brilliant new car style comes out, people are like, "I hate that." And then like 5 <laughs> years later, all the car com- cars start to look like that. But it's jarring when something's radically new. It's true. It takes some patience to really sit down with something like that that's super new and really digest it and, you know, 
come to your own conclusions about it and have your own solid opinion that's original. Like it's easy for people to look at the rock press at the time, which was seen as like this cool cutting edge thing. Cause it was relatively new and be like, well, they must be right. So maybe I'm an idiot for liking this. Maybe now I have to not like it. Which is weird because Ram is not a hard listen. No, it's a very, no, it's not very not melodic. It, it's not um, unpleasant to listen to. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it's um, not like it's Trout unpredictable. Mask. Yeah, it's not Trout Mask replica, you know, by <laughs> Captain Beefheart. It's not like a challenging listen that makes your brain like, how is this music? You know, it is musical. Yeah, right, and it, right, is, right. it is fun to listen to. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, there, there's sort of a lot going on, but yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, I think we can handle a lot more like our modern, you know, modern, um, audiences of pop music can, can handle a lot more information at one time, you know, I just, I do find it quite Beatlesque in terms of the harmonies and the melody that are there and the playfulness of it. There's certain elements. It does have a different sound, like a different production quality, but there are elements that do sound Beatlesque to me. And so I'm not sure why everybody was like, what is this? You know, and and you've got like Ringo saying there's, you know, I think he's gone a bit funny. There's not a single good song on the album. Like, what are you listening to, Ringo? What album are you listening to? It's not to? as good as Buku of Blues, you know. <laughs> well, I, I know, but I think he's saying there's no singles on the album. And like the expectation is Paul just writes hits. But there so was a like there was a big single. There was like um, Uncle Albert. Unc- yeah, that was a number yeah. one. So that was a big deal. And and another day came out with this too. So that was a single. Um, and I think um, smile, smile Away was big in Europe as well. Um, another one of the rockers as well. Um, too many people. I think was a single as well. They they did release uh, Backseat of My Car too, but it didn't do well. That's one that didn't do well, which I wish it had because I think it's genius. It surprised me that that didn't do well. Yeah. Monkberry Moon Delight should have been a you know a David Bowie weird single, you know. I, I would I would have loved that, but you know, sadly, old Paul is never going to sing Monkberry Moon Delight. He could have done it in '89, but he chose not to. Well, nobody can sing that song. In fairness, yes. have you heard people try to do it? I mean, it's screaming like a, Jay certainly yeah. can't do it. My gosh! Yeah, you got to go on the voice and like you know, like <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yeah, can that's sing a that. one. That's a one-time performance. You go out there, drop the mic, and then that's it. <laughs> His voice is so underrated. Paul McCartney's voice is so incredibly underrated, and it's so distinct. Like, there's really no other voice like it. Well, actually, it, it is interesting that, that that the engineer that worked on it, Eric Wangberg, commented specifically, you know, on the quality of Paul's voice. He was just like, "What a voice!" Which again yeah. is not something that you hear people. You hear about his bass playing, his songwriting, you know, but his voice itself, the range, his ability, like it's incredible. Well, actually, it, it is interesting that 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 the engineer that worked on it, Eric Wangberg, commented specifically, you know, on the quality of Paul's voice. He was just like, what a voice, which again, yeah. is not something that you hear people, you hear about his bass playing, his songwriting, you know, but his voice itself, the range, his ability, like it's incredible. Especially incredible. compared his to the other voice. Beatles as well, especially compared to like, oh my God. John, John The, the Beatles are not, aren't even in his league. I'm uh, Not to be rude or whatever, but like, Paul McCartney at his peak is is like top, like like one of the absolute top singers in rock and roll history. 
George Harrison doing I'm down, like, please. Well, Chris, Chris Thomas did say that. He was like, you know, he commented about Paul. He said he didn't like Paul's Oh Darling performance, whatever. But um, he was just like, he's he's like the best singer in rock and roll. So, I mean, I think that some people did recognize how good he was, but it's not a thing that people talk about. Well, you know? that, yeah. yeah. Of course, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, definitely people know, but like. He doesn't make like the stupid countdown lists for like best yeah. singer in rock and roll. Like I know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. But John that, like, Lennon does. Yeah. Well, they no, were, it's, well, it's a, it's a thing. Like we won't champion his voice when it was good, but once his voice starts to wane, the press. That's all we talk leap about. Leap on that. Yeah. Oh, Paul, Paul can't about. sing anymore. Oh what an eighty-year-old can't sing. Right. <laughs> that, I've never heard of such a thing. I don't. I don't. Next, you're going to tell me his eyesight's not as good as it was when he was 14. You know what? I can't understand. <gasps> what I can't understand is how can Paul hear anything? Like that's that's the thing that I'm always like, can Paul hear? Because <laughs> he's a lot old. Of things we don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he's, I know he's, he's not wearing earplugs up on stage. I know that for sure. Oh, yeah. he pro is he? Is he not? Yeah, he should be deaf. I don't understand that at all. I think that might have been one of his weird flexes in an interview I saw at one point. I don't have a source, but I remember him <laughs> saying, like, I don't have the things in my ears. Or, well, like, actually, you know what? I mean, not to be whatever, but um, it probably, it, like, he probably does have somewhat super hearing. That might be part of yeah. um, why he's one of the greatest composers of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure yep. he probably has good hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, but George but Martin can. went, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. And Brian Wilson and Beethoven and whoever. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm full of shit. I don't know. Could also maybe be I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be genetic. Yeah. I don't know how hearing loss works. So, I'm just looking I'm at an article here from GQ where Paul's talking about having never worn ear protection during the Live and Let Die sessions. That sounds very <laughs> foolish indeed. It does. It's just like, no, don't do that, Paul. <laughs> Another weird flex. He has a lot of weird flexes. Bond wouldn't have worn them, so I don't think I should either. It gets, it gets me into the he, You know, I think he has his weird superstitions, too. Like, he, he's a little reckless about some things where I think he's kind of like, uh, it will be whatever it is, you know. Yeah, but there's also like, if I learn to actually read music, you know, the thing that I actually fucking do... Uh, that'll somehow make it worse. Well, yeah, that is one of his superstitions because I think George, yeah. George Martin was the one that I think passed on that idea to him because George Martin said that he thought that Lennon and McCartney maybe had a freedom that he didn't because they don't know anything, so they didn't know yeah. the limits. <laughs> That's true. They so. didn't. They broke musical rules all the time. Like they did some chord changes that are kind of a no-no in music theory, but they ended up sounding great. Yeah, he doesn't need to learn how to how to notate music. It's not important. I really want to hear an anecdote now where George Martin's like, so I was talking to the lads, I was talking to the boys, and uh, I said I said to Paul, Paul, you don't need to learn music yet. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real too. Also, Paul can sight read music. I mean, it's not that complicated, and he, you know, I mean, he's smart, and he's a musical genius, and and he can speak other languages. It's not. I mean, he can he can essentially read music. Just by looking. Yeah, I wonder that too. Of course he can. You know when you see Paul live and he's clearly reading off an auto cue in that kind of phonetic speak to a speak to whatever audience he's with. I always love that. It's like 
he'll be, he'll be like, da-da-da-da, and then the crowd will just cheer like he said hello in a quite a common language or something like that. <laughs> yellow piece featuring a photo of Paul literally and metaphorically taken to ram by the horns the image shot by Linda of course was taken during the McCartney's retreat to their Scottish farm in 70 and I actually um, discovered it was annoyingly hard to find specific dates on on all of those photos it just seems to be the 1970 period the ram in a gatefold once again contains a lovely selection of Linda's fly on the wall photography though a noticeable drop-off in quantity, sadly, but the quality is rather high. Uh, the rear of the album features two main images, the first being the McCartney family, the main theme of the album, and the other being two real insect beetles engaging in what looks to be some sort of sexual act, possibly representing a beetle fucking another beetle. Is that the best shot ever fired during the Beatles' bitching phase? <laughs> or is you know how do you sleep a better retort oh lord is this where, where we open in with this <laughs> yeah. let's talk about the Beatles banging on the back cover come on what's what's, what's I, going I on think here it's for real. I think it's just well <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a nice thing it's great I yeah. love that he refuses to talk about it he's like what yeah, what? Did you know those were there? Oh, what? <laughs> you know the song's called oh, For You, you know? Yeah. It's not here that I did the artwork. That's amazing. How did those, how did those get there? I, Interesting. I, I, I don't know. I swear to God, I think they told the story where he was like, we just took a picture and look what, we were shocked. If we laughed at what ended up on <laughs> Oh, you're so full of shit. You guys sent somebody. Apparently they sent somebody to a library to find those photos. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, there's like a I, deathbed confession. I was, I was the Ram Beetle banging photographer. Oh. <laughs> he slips away. Is that it's on here twice. Which, yeah, <laughs> like a little one and a big one. In case you missed it, yeah. What do you, what do you yeah. guys think about this? Actually, we've never talked about this as a group. What do you think he was saying with this? They fucked me. That that's the that that that's the obvious one. You know, they ganged up on me. They bent uh, me yeah. over. Oh please, gross. Oh, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think that either. I think I it's definitely. Like, it's not a gangbang. It's not three. It's not three beetles like raping another beetle. Oh no! But come on, like 
give the guy, give the intern some credit. He's he's not going to find an image of three beetles climbing on another beetle at the at at the library. You see, you know, he's got to he's got to work with what he's got. I mean, to me, it's more of like a fuck you to the beetles. I, I, yeah, my surface read is fuck you. Yeah, I I agree too. It's it's an aggressive like, you know, not I'm gonna fuck you, but fuck you. Yeah, like yeah. here's my middle finger. Um, yeah. Look at this picture of my family. Look at how fucking happy we are, and look at how hot I look. By the way, yeah, yeah, and it's a bit I'm like you know, <laughs> yeah. When everybody, I, I've heard a lot of guys say that. Like they always have to put Paul as like the bottom, the victim in this. You know, it's always like, oh, Paul's being victimized on his album. Like fuck, no, he's not. Have you I heard this agree. album? I totally agree. Yeah, same. Get out of here. Like, Get out of here with Paul- weird fantasies. Yeah, this is Paul's album, and he's angry. You think he's saying, "I'm gonna fuck you," or I sh- like even three legs when he's like, "I'm when I fly above the clouds." You know what I mean? Yeah, he's taunting them. This is a taunting yeah. album. Mm-hmm. He's not sad. I don't. Why does everybody think he's so sad? <laughs> Yeah, and why would why would he put like a bunch of Beatles fucking him? Like, oh man, you're fucking no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> He's angry and, in this album, and, and like right in the middle is him with his lovely family. You know, what I mean? and he's like, I'm I'm so happy out here kicking it in Scotland. The one Don't thing is, you guys. <laughs> just um, going back to Paul being sexy during this period, I think we do have to dwell on this just slightly because I think. Not only is this Paul's best period musically, but I think in terms of behind-the-scenes Linda photography and just him looking absolutely gorgeous, uh, the Ram recording sessions, he looks cool and pretty sexy at the the, the same time. Those those black-and-white photos, they're incomparable, they are. Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, no, no... No disagreement coming from here. I mean, he's, he looks, to me, actually, you know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, Paul's best period and, and you know, like the 67 period. He looks fantastic. And some people love the McBeardy look. But this is like he's um, he's mature, but he's still young and sexy. And he looks very fit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the rugged, outdoorsy look. There's and, a possibility yeah. of stubble. There's a possibility, but mostly clean shaven. Yeah. yeah, that stubble is oh, that's the best. Oh, yeah. That's he, peak. Should have, he should have kept the stubble. Why? Why did he not keep the stubble and the sunglasses and the, the short hair with sideburns? That was such a good yeah, look. Yeah, that was a, a ooh, look. That was a banging look for sure. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say it's peak, but it's like somewhere between 71 and like 86. Like that's his peak period for me. It's kind yeah. of like 15 years long. Yeah, well, <laughs> 67, 67. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. He just looks hot. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I like. I like his clothes. His sex on legs in this period. His, like I like. Yes, exactly. His sex on legs. I like his his outfits in this period too. They're very like yeah. outdoorsy when he shows up in New York. Yeah. He. I like how he slicks his hair back. Like he's got such great thick black hair, and he slicks it back yeah. in New York. And he's got the sunglasses too. Like that looks cool. I love that. Let's talk about the fashion on Ram too. Like since we were talking about the back cover, like I love this, the family portrait. They're super, they've got their, their freaking you know, Scottish wool sweaters and their corduroys and they just look so bucolic and Scottish. And 
I wish this was iconic. You know, we talk about how some of John's looks are, are iconic. And mm. I, I wish that, I mean, he didn't sit in a, you know, in a hotel room for a week in this outfit. So, you know, it's not as well known, but <laughs> I, I wish this was known because this is, this is to me, iconic Paul and Linda. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great jumper. We've we've seen that jumper in the photo with him and the camera where he's like drinking from that mug. Yeah, he's got mm-hmm. the full oh, yeah. beard. Yes, yes, that's him looking mm-hmm. oh, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You're right, though. None of this back cover is as iconic as it should be. The front cover is right. cer- certainly though. Just as as an image, it's probably one of the most iconic in the entire McCartney album coverography yeah. if that's yeah. if that's a phrase yeah. just the the position of his body the metaphor of taking the ram or the bull yep. if if you want by the horns yep. he, he's just literally taking control of his life and his career in one image it's so striking like it oh, it, it conveys everything mm. it does yeah. it does uh, oh go ahead i mean um ram is is pretty sexual as well it's yeah. not, and again, I'm it's sure not I delicate don't know what flower. you mean, madam. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's nothing delicate about RAM in all caps. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how Linda likes it, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that's a yes. I'm going to eat at home, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this cover is, like, honestly, that cover is revolutionary. Like, there is nothing nothing like that in 1971 this this is beautiful and it looks plucked right out of like 1992 yeah it's true it's true it, it was basically 20 years ahead of its time yeah it's really interesting because you know paul takes a lot of care with his art you know and he was never the arty beetle, you know, because John was the one that went to art school, but he's the one that apparently influenced so many of the covers. And you can tell how much thoughtfulness he puts into these albums. Like, you know, the fact that it's just so, so artistic with the bright primary colors and the fact that he's, it's mixed media, yeah. you know, and he's, he's like taking it down to the primal kind of, there's something childlike and playful about the look of it with the colors like there's an organic playfulness and then it's mixed with the actual photos. And it's so weird to me that it's so authentic and organic and cool at that time. And yet he was positioned as like the mainstream commercial Beatle. It just doesn't compute. Like why did people see this album, know that he's living in Scotland, you know, plays a lot of the instruments and then, you know, he's so cool and indie and amazing. And and somehow he got positioned as the kind of establishment beetle, you know? Yeah, we mentioned on the last episode how this was kind of like a, a family photo album. And the artifice has been stripped away an, another layer this time. Like, it, you can see the pen lines where the felt tip hasn't quite worn through the paper and stuff. It literally looks like he's drawn it, taken a photo of it then and there and just thrown some photos on top. It does look that handmade. I like how we still have some semblance of that kind of homemade, handmade um, I mean, te- that, textile image, you know? Yeah, that's the aesthetic. That's the whole, yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, on the back, you can see like he literally like drew a, a lightning bolt and then, <laughs> and then dropped glitter on it and then sellotaped it over. Like there's a lot of thought actually that went into all of these, like all of these tiny details. That's what I love so much about this artwork. 
Oh, me too. Me too. There's so much yeah, awesome. You keep discovering little details of it the more you look at it. That's beautiful. And Paul Paul is the, is the credited colorist as well. He's the credited artist on the album. I didn't know that until actually researching this episode. Yep. More, yep. more credit to him. He's not really like um, you know, known as an artist till the late 80s when he starts like painting in his beach houses and stuff. But here... You know, he's 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 making an album that would definitely stand out on a shelf. You spot that yellow a mile off. Yeah, I think I think to the point we were discussing before about he like this is a very powerful image of him. He's like really communicating. This is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this is not him feeling yeah. like this is him feeling very strong. He looks very manly and he's taking, as you said, the bulls or the ram by the horn. And then it's yellow, like there's something very optimistic about yeah. yellow. And then you look at the gatefold. It's to me the gatefold's like blue sky, green grass. It, mm -hmm. It's very, yep. very like bright new day. Um, to me, that kind of looks like they're on a boat in the gate. Like that's what I always see it as, like a boat. I don't think they are, but something about one of the way that I can see that. That's yeah, nice. one of the. It looks like an oar that's jutting out to me. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But but there's something very much about blue skies ahead uh, with the yellow, the blue, the green, the collage, the happy family, the horses. Oh, yeah. And then and then there's the Beatles fucking. And so, again, yes, I do, I, do see that. I do see that as an aggressive like, well, fuck you. I'm happy now. So, you know, I like I this, you this anyway. Yeah. Exactly. This emancipation. Like, exactly. <laughs> Do we think McCartney's children had a hand in the artwork on this album, like directly? Yeah. Well, they were I mean, it all <clears throat> maybe the giraffe, or the, I mean, the horse that that looks like a giraffe, and some of those little smiley faces on the inside gatefold. But like the back stuff is definitely Paul. I mean, that's you know, those eyes are definitely Paul. That's his signature. Quite literally, yeah. Yeah, the the eyes are his signature, and then. Actually, I mean, you know, if you look at the inside of this gatefold, it sort of evokes his painting style as well. Yeah, it does. It really does. Uh, you know, he probably let them put a couple things on it so that they made a mark. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. On it, you know, I would imagine, you know, as a, you know, that a, a parent would do that because then they're like forever imprinted on the album. Mm -hmm. It's also got the lily. On the on the front, right? He's yeah. got the L I L Y, which is so sweet. I, which I think stands for Linda. I love you. Yeah, is that confirmed or is that just myth mythology? I think it's confirmed. I think he said it. It's not quite a braille message for Stevie Wonder, though. You know, no, he had to get to that. He was yeah, building up to that. He was building up to that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and and with that, we are actually going to complete an album artwork discussion. In, a, in an episode, we're actually going to do this. And Yay. next up, we have Wings' sad, sadly divisive uh, debut album, Wildlife. You are my love. You are my song, linger on. You are my song, I am your singer. You are my one. You are my own melody, you are my song, I am your singer. Someday, when we're singing. 
I really don't have to ask Diana anything about this particular album recently. Uh, most nope. of I've heard most of her thoughts. Uh, the podcast. <laughs> so, Phoebe, what's your consensus on wildlife? How does this uh, album rank for you in McCartney's oeuvre? I love it. I love it. I came to wildlife really late. I'll say that. That was one of the last McCartney albums that I ever got. I mean, I have I hadn't even heard it until um, a few years back. And I loved it. I was like confused. <laughs> yeah. Why is this? Because people aren't just like, well, that's one of his weaker albums. They're like, this was the worst album yes. of the <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> they act like it's a war crime or something. Yes. Really yes. That's how, that's how it's treated. Is like, I'm oh like, my God. shit, what's on this album? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is great. I mean, you know, again, I, my probably only criticism of the whole, first of all, it's too short. I would have, I would have put a, maybe some more songs on it. Um, and he had a jillion, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's confusing. Yeah. On, But um, I, th- I think Bip-Bop could have been shorter. Other than that, I have no complaints about Wildlife at all. I think it's a great album. But, but again, you know, I listen to a lot of music that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like it's not a especially um, bizarre, you know, strange sounding. Like I, 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 again, I'm not really sure what everybody was reacting to, other than the fact that they just wanted him to make predictable, or they wanted uh, something that was like um, predictably commercial and like succinct melodies. And here's the thing: is like, I mean, Paul basically invented you know, pop songs that have like five hooks in them. I mean, that's him. Yeah. That's his doing. That's, like we have those because of him and we don't even have that many of them <laughs> because very few people can put that many hooks in a song, but that's kind of his signature. And so I think when people didn't get that, they're like, what are you doing? This is going on to sounds like you're jamming. <laughs> like, why are you mad? <laughs> like, uh, it does sound like he's jamming a lot of time, but I like those jams. So it's not bothersome to me. It's just different. I can't believe I hated Mumbo for so long. For so many episodes on this show, I ranted about how Mumbo was this amusical bit of dirgy rubbish. And, oh, and now it. it's like it's it's like a signature Paul McCartney album opener oh, now for me. Yeah. Take it's it, good. Tony! Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. Fingers stuck up, basically. Like, fuck you. Okay, we're starting. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like his vocals are off. Saying, you know, Wings did the Wildlife album better live is a, a bit of a done deal by this point, but Mumbo Live is incredible. Wildlife, the, t- the title track, mm-hmm. is sublime when done live as well. Um, oh, so- my God. Absolutely. Wildlife... Yeah. On tour is unbelievable. Yeah, it's that's so hot stuff. Hot stuff. Hot yeah. That coda at the end. Oh, it brings a tear to my eye. That. Oh my god. Ooh. Another one that makes me cry is "I Am Your Singer." Why is that? It's just so sweet. It's like heartbreakingly touching to me. Like it literally wow. brings tears to my eyes. He's a songwriter, and she's his song. Come on, what more do you want? <laughs> what more do you want? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, and just their their harmonies are like angelic. 
together in that song. So it really, beautiful. it really is like the cutest, like Paul Linda, like this period is so cute. <laughs> well, and then, yeah. And this is the period where they were like super, super deep romantic into each other. So yeah. Yeah. you can hear that. In the, you, you know, you can hear you're not going to get much Paul and Linda post this. Cause it's going to be Paul, Linda, Denny from this mm-hmm. point onwards in terms of harmony. So like, you do still get the Ram harmony sound on what it's true that's a good point yeah that's a good point actually that this is the that ram and wildlife really are the the Mm -hmm. peak of paul and linda cuteness and harmonizing just the two of them sweet yeah i think that's the peak of their um not to get sidetracked into like you know whatever (laughs) but that seems to be um peak romance time for them too definitely definitely they're very cute i i wish we had more um, video of them at this period. I know there are there oh, is for sure. some, yeah. but I wish there was. You know, there's so much of John and Yoko during this time. I wish there was more of Paul and Linda. Oh, just just the hey diddle footage is enough for me, or the um, the heart of the country footage of them on horseback. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm how very did, happy. How did Hey Diddle not end up on this album? I mean, I think it would have fit really well on Wildlife, actually. Yeah. Or, gra- or Great Day. I mean, oh, great, yeah. they had Great Day. It's they not had, like there's no room, is there? You know. That's what I'm saying. There's room. And he's got like 42 Little songs. Woman Love. They have, um, you know what? They have uh, Little Lamb Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that better on Red Rose Speedway. But yes, to I mean, to take your point. He, yeah. He, he point being, have. he's got tons of songs. He's got well, a lot to choose from. Or yeah. Best Friend or... I don't know when he wrote that one. Maybe he, yeah. that was post this album. That, that's um, the next album. But oh, there's so much from Red Rose Speedway, that double album that is just lost to time. And yeah. then, like, when he, when he did the archive edition and didn't put all the songs from the Red Rose mm. Speedway, like, where's Henry's Blues? Where's the version of Night Out with the extra vocals on them? You know, to, to what I was saying before about how I, I feel like Paul rewards his crazy fans, like I, uh, like I don't I mean crazy, crazy, but like the people who dig and who are super into him, and you know, like we we all know all these songs, we have all the bootlegs and that type of stuff. Like I feel like that's kind of like a just a club, like a self, whatever how selected. You call it. Yeah. yeah, it's like a self-selective club, <laughs> and then like we all know we know a completely different Paul than like the general public. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you like that. Though. Give us the Cold Cuts album, though. Come on. Give it to us in one place on Spotify where it's all collated together, you know? Uh, someone will do that at some, yeah. at, at some point. But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, except that, like, maybe I think psychologically it's it's almost like a passive-aggressive thing where it's just like, nope, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah. You don't anyway. You you guys just all think I'm one thing, so you can fucking have the number one hits. How about that? Oh no, the fact that Paul put the the second take of Atlantic Ocean on Spotify with all the flaming pie stuff rather than the superior first take, that upset me immeasurably. I was I was, I was very much upset with that. Um, <laughs> That's how you know that you're a really big fan when you're upset by that. <laughs> Why was it take four? I wanna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have been a nightmare during anthology era. I would have been a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, you know what we actually <laughs> forgot to talk about, which I think we should? Okay. Is um, the Paul 
sexy ass album cover where he's taking the ram by the horns. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm going to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the John no? Par- the John parody <laughs> album. Oh, oh, oh. oh, the pig. Yeah. <laughs> With the I'm looking at it vest. right now. He looks so dorky. He just like, looks so... You want to take his lunch money, don't you? Like, John, no. Self-burn. And the funny thing he's is... He's squatting is... too much. He's, he's like... Well, he's, like... he's terrified of that pig, apparently. <laughs> apparently, we have... Have we you have seen what a pig can do pain. to you? Like, I, I, don't, I don't blame him, but... You know, he looks like he's going to take a poo, doesn't he? Like, I don't. I don't blame him either. I don't. I want no part of that pig. <laughs> I don't know why Tom thought he could handle. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite okay. nice shoes on, though. In okay, this but photo. can we just can we what just look at this? Mansion? Well, can we just look at this for real? Because John's like of the people, working class guy, and he wants to make fun of Paul. And I constantly hear it like, oh, that was a good takedown of Ram. And it's like the real uh, story, according to May Pang, was that they thought this would be funny to get a pig. But when the pig was actually delivered, delivered John, to the man, John was like, oh, I'm scared of animals and I'm terrified of that pig. <laughs> I am not a farmer or manly at all, yeah. and yet, and yet he was determined to take the photo. And it, so it's all just such bullshit. Like Paul actually works his farm; he actually yeah. shears his sheep. He actually deals with those. Oh, he's so jealous of that as well. Knock, yeah, he's yeah. So jealous of that. Like, muddy boots. You know, Paul is standing in the mud wearing muddy, like calf-length boots. Right, and yet so often, like, John is given the point for, like, ah, that totally, like, you know. totally totally owned him. Exactly. It's like, no, John looks like a little nerd, (laughs) scared of a pig. It's It's quite Reddit 4chan, you know. He's, like, shitposting Paul, essentially. It's like a Facebook meme war. It is, it is. he looks so thirsty. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, how how much do you have to talk about him? Yeah, seriously, all the time. If this, was happen- if this was happening in the modern day, there'd be a John Lennon YouTube video called My Apology. And then there'd be like, you know, a U- like Paul McCartney having receipts, you know. I've got, I've got the receipts and all the my, my and John's relationship, you know. I've got YouTube drama for us. It's so, <laughs> it's so petty at this point, especially with all the Melody Maker stuff as well. Well, 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 to, to Phoebe's point, though, I mean, it it. It's petty, but also it, it really reflects how invested John is. Like, that, that's what yeah. people, we need to just, like, that's the most important part. He went to the trouble of parroting Paul's album and putting it in his album. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he yeah. really didn't have to do that. <laughs> like, that's a lot of effort for somebody that you said you were over, like, two years ago, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. so, but, but write me another think piece about how Paul's always following John and, and copying and chasing him. Right. And influence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sorry to take us back to Ram. We were we had progressed. Let's go back to Wings Wildlife. But I just couldn't resist talking about that. I'm sure I will edit that in flawlessly with my excellent, wonderful skills. Dear friend, what's the time? Is this really the
The front cover for Wildlife boasts an incredibly picturesque and bucolic scene involving the McCartneys and the Denny's perched upon a branch with their feet dangling in a stream below. A couple of doves can also be seen flying up towards the camera. Just a little aside, everyone. How long did it take before we all noticed the doves on the front cover? It took me several years to even know they were there. Is that is that just me? Mm-mm. No, um, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'll have to edit that bit out for posterity, surely. Um, the image itself was taken at Osterley Park in London. And based on the fact that Linda is no longer heavily pregnant... Uh, it must have taken place sometime between late September and early October in 71. Although, although, obviously, Linda is in the photo, so she's not doing the photography this time. And the honour fell upon one Barry Latgen or Latigan, and he hasn't done much in the music biz, but he has worked with Twiggy and Shirley Bassey in the past. Phoebe, talk to me about both the front and the back for Wildlife. What, how do we feel? I love that front cover. I mean, what can I say? It looks like a sort of a little magical. I mean, Paul looks like a, um, you know, like a water nymph, like a you know, <laughs> coming out with his guitar. It's like he's a he's a sprite or whatever. Linda looks like a little fairy princess, you know. <laughs> the guys look adorable. I mean, I, like it's 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 cute. It's bucolic. It looks nice. I I, I want to listen to it. It's a pretty good representation of what's on the album, too, I think. I was thinking yeah. that, too, actually. Well, like, like, I, th- I think you can almost gear it. Yes. see that photo, you know? That's a, I used to have, like, a real pet peeve, a lot, especially in, the, in like, um, 90s bands do this a lot, where they would they'd put, they'd make a cover that, and then the album would sound nothing like what was on the album cover. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree with you. I want the album to the art to be represented yes. of the, the the tone. Yeah, of the, the album. Of the yeah, album. yeah. This one does a good job. I love. And that then one. the the, ba- the back cover is is strange. Great doodling okay. though. Quite Lennon esque actually. You kind of associate those throwaway little sketches with John Moore, but I love Paul's little representation of the band here and. The fact that I've had got... a lot of these little kind of line drawings and doodles over the years, though. Like people yeah, don't, don't know that about him because he didn't publish like volumes of books on them. No, I it's agree. not Paul. It's it's Clint Harrigan. Everyone. Oh it's right, he... right. The great artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I don't but I don't associate those with John. Per, uh, personally, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I I've seen so many Paul doodles at this point that you know the Seawell one is actually amazing. The Seawell. <laughs> the Sidewell doodle. Yeah, that yeah. doodle. I'd look at it and be like, I totally know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and the little mustache. Look at uh, um, Linda's boobs, though. She's got I a know, little seriously. torpedo Bullet. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Paul's <laughs> looking at them. Tour. <laughs> look, Paul's looking. <laughs> oh, is that supposed to be Paul? Oh, yeah, he's, like, getting a hard on. And he's, he's, he's got his bow legs, too. <laughs> but what the that was um I thought that was like Denny and that was Henry or something because Henry McCullough because Paul's left-handed. interesting. Who knew the wildlife cover was so racy? My word. <laughs> Although, yeah, I think you're right it is. I think it is supposed to be Paul cuz it that does look like Paul's mullet. I mean, it certainly doesn't look like 
Then that, yeah, those are his legs too. That you yeah. know, he's like ninety-eight percent legs, and it's they're true. always <laughs> crossing. Yeah. He's got legs and mullet. What more do you need? Exactly, <laughs> giant eggs, giant legs, eyes, and mullet. That's him. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he turned his guitar upside down to teach Linda the keyboards the way he did John. <laughs> Taught John to play. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy that he drew himself with a non-left-handed guitar. Oh, I don't think this is Paul's art, though. I think this is. I think to what Sam was saying, it's. It's. I think it's by this guy Clint. Yeah, but Clint right? is Paul. Clint. Clint is Paul. Yeah, he's one oh, of those. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, John references nice it actually. Little... He was like, he 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 gave some sly, snide remark about the fact that he he has a an idea who Clint may be. Oh, mm-hmm. John, calm down, God. <laughs> I just love how this album cover, though, for like a band that's this supposedly going to conquer America and sell out stadiums, it's just this very classical British image. And you know, with everything that that Paul's wearing and the guitar and stuff, it could have been taken from any period of the last few hundred years. You know, you you could imagine this being a painting by Turner or something like <laughs> that. It just captures such a a wonderful snapshot in time. And you can imagine just them lounging about on this hot, sunny afternoon in late summer. They're just strolling around through Osterley Park with this, with this cameraman. It's very shambolic. And mm-hmm. they, they just happen to snap this exact moment with these doves at this exact time. Um, have we seen all the other photos from this shoot as well? It was quite extensive. Yeah. Some. Yeah. There's lots of them walking, like Paul and Linda walking with Mary, is it? Um, yes. Yeah, there's some with, with her. Um, it's really sweet photos. Yeah. I Linda, love, can we, can we talk about Denny Sewell's shirt? I think that's Paul's shirt, too. Sharing, sharing clothes. The whole band shares clothes, apparently. That's what, that's, that's what you do in a Paul McCartney band. Linda <laughs> <laughs> does the laundry, whatever's clean. But they all pick from. Yeah. See, you know, even though Denny, like, six foot 11 or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how he's fitting into those clothes, but I thought we were, we were going to be talking about Denny Lane's like red plaid trousers. Like I they are fantastic. Love, love, those striped shirts. love his outfit. Denny that's looks... very, that's very Denny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Denny before his shitty facial hair as well. Like that clean shaven Denny. This is his best look. I must admit. Yeah. He's very cute there. You know, Linda looks pretty sexy there too, actually, I think. Oh, her Definitely. dress is amazing as well. I love that dress. Yeah, really pretty. But Linda can really rock a like slouchy, fallen open dress. <laughs> I, I imagine her like I... bounding through a meadow. Exactly. In a dress with a flower jumping... crown. Exactly. And jumping onto a horse ba- yeah. bareback and then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect nurse is a baby. Yes, exactly. (laughs) While she's riding the horse. (laughs) I suspect this is a look that Paul probably likes on her. You know, kind of half half open, long, Mm. flowy dress. Yeah, it's just like peasant sexy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I like the font of this outfit. I like the font too. I was going to comment on that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's like really, really big now. The Wings Wildlife font is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so which one, so do, do we all own a physical copy of this? Because there's, there's quite a few editions. There's like one with I quite don't. small text. There's one with the big brown text. Oh, yeah, right that's on the front. right. Yeah. yeah, I have a, I have a, an, uh, the album, the vinyl. 
I don't have the vinyl. I just, I realized I went through here. I'm like, oh shit, I had to Google the pictures to take a look at it. We can wait while you go and buy it. We can wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, talk about Wings at the Speed of Sound instead. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, I've, I've, I've always loved this album cover. I actually listened to this album during a big hot summer while I was doing door, door-to-door charity work and it was in a very green area of the country so that's all very synonymous for me and it's all intermingled in those weird memory-slash-dreams in my mind and you are right, it does look like the music that it sounds like it's a very weird concept to kind of uh, convey but it's also Paul kind of letting everyone know rather subtly, you know, this isn't Beatle Paul, steady your expectations slightly, and there's going to be some intentional plainness, I guess would be the best way to uh, describe it here. Yeah, it's not dressed up like uh, Sergeant yeah. Pepper, yeah. Yeah, it's Please like a sound back. we're talking about. Yeah. They haven't flown in a motorcycle for a special photo shoot or anything. <laughs> Like the next album, we're pressing on, folks. We're going to get three done. We're going to do this, ladies, ladies and gents. But, but um, can I can I just say one thing oh. about that? Your point there about that it looks very organic is again. I'm just shocked when you know you look at this album. Like, how did Paul get positioned as the establishment Beatle? I mean, like right. they're you know they're wading into like streams, and he lives in the country, and it's like it's so cute and artistic. And I just I don't know how people didn't at the time kind of go. Huh, I think maybe his the image that the rock press is talking about doesn't really pan out. I, you know, right? Anyways, it's all fake rock news. Yep, fake fake rock news. True, true. Was I mean? I, I guess I I guess just like politics were super popular at that time. Yes, I think so. I think he was just off message or whatever. You know, like he, he was off. Yes, he was off. His timing was a little bit off of what was culturally super hot and relevant. John and Yoko were really connected to the beat, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like transported into the nineties or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He was ahead of his time. No, but Paul is the king at playing the long game. Like in terms of no no kidding. He really is. Even like, 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 like on the macro level with like his whole career like that, but even on the micro level with just specific songs, like he'll be like, oh, you can listen to this song. Oh, uh, I don't think I liked Queenie Eye that much the first time I heard it. A couple of years later, my God, yeah. I love this song. I love yeah. it so much. It's a grower yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I love that song. It's genius. Yeah. Now my sister, who's like not um, even remotely well versed in like Beatle, you know, like she's a K-pop fan, and she is thirty years old. She's not a teenager, um, <laughs> but it's because she lives in Korea, Burn. and she's okay. like. A Korea file. So anyway, like I got her to listen to uh, Memory Almost Full and uh, New the other day. And she was like, this is like some amazing power pop. And I'm like, yeah, it's like the guy who invented it. (laughs) 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 Okay, now it's time for us to move on to the first of two Wings studio albums from 1973. The infamously uh, goofy, if lovable, Red Rose Speedway. Who's that going round that corner? 
Now for a question I, I always love to ask anyone. Diana, are you a fan of Red Rose Speedway? Well, I must say that, um, uh, yeah, I do consider myself and count myself as a total fan of Red Rose Speedway. Total fan? Yeah, love it, love it. Now, is is that partly ironic or is it is it a That is in no way. What? I, I, what? That, I have no idea why that would be ironic. It's an amazing yeah. album. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this album. I've got to put it in 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 the lower part of the of the wing spectrum. I do love it, but I kind of have to. I do recognise that it, it's not up to the par that other albums. I just albums don't have ever. I, I don't really have the instinct to like rank and stack these up against each other as much as like, yeah. a lot of guys yeah. do. Maybe that's a guy thing. It's, it's, yeah. sure, it's a very guy thing, and I don't I don't have that either. I. I'm not trying to be like I'm above that. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I just take each album as a is, as for what it is. It wouldn't even occur to me to put them in a ranking. Okay, although, well, uh, although I, Sam, I must say that you know if I had to choose an album, I could only take one album: Red Rose Speedway or Band on the Run. I might take Red Rose Speedway. <laughs> you know, I, and I do like Band on the Run too. So it's just like I love the feel. I do think it's a mess of an album, but at the same time, I love the feel of the album. It's just there's something extremely warm and amazing about it. It works. Like, I yeah. Think it works. yeah. I like messy shit, though. I like yeah, messy too. shit, too. Yeah. I mean, everything's messy, but look at that. We're going to talk about the album cover. I mean, <laughs> you know. You got to understand, kind of, like, we, we kind of came of age in the 90s-ish, I would say, probably all three yeah. of us. You know, so we grew up with, like, messy albums and we love them I, I don't know there's just something that was always kind of missing for me from Red Rose Speedway a lot of these separate parts are some of McCartney's best work but the whole thing together even before I found out about all the all the weird behind the scenes stuff that went on with the album felt somewhat incomplete um, you know wasn't com- providing a full package and then when you find out that the majority of the best material didn't even make it onto the album and was sequenced very strangely and they've thrown this odd medley onto the end where only one of the songs is half decent. Oh, oh, okay. okay. It it leaves a sour taste in the mouth. Now we're getting into crazy territory because the medley is amazing. Power Cut's great. Power Cut is amazing. Everything else is subpar, Paul. Oh no! I mean, no that's way. that's your opinion, um, but uh, my opinion <laughs> happens to be that it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I will. Okay, so uh, I think there's a different conversation going on here, maybe about a long play, right, as an experience versus songs that are collected on an album. You know, again, I not to belabor this point, but like, uh, you know, I grew up in the age of like the mix tape or the mix yeah. whatever. So. I'm not really playing a lot of LPs like on a stacked, you know, thing where like you don't want to get up and change the record and whatever. So perhaps that's a different experience. Like meaning like I wasn't here in 1973. I mean, I wasn't alive, but like I wasn't getting this album in 1973 and playing it you know yeah so the experience of the album is less important to you maybe when you don't play it like that yeah for for sure but having said that like 
this was this was one of this might have been my first 70s Paul record mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like just because I just picked it up you know it was it was available or whatever right and I always really liked it I, I um, but again I would I'd, I sort of just pick my favorites I wouldn't necessarily listen to the album as a whole but big barn bed is the dope jams yeah that's fucking awesome one more kiss i love too that's I just love a that song great, it's a great song just a great song just yeah, a yeah, great yeah. country and western song and i love little lamb then i like all the little rockers and single pigeon is per- that's just like a amazing song. i love oh. single pigeon yes uh, it's and, and i one love of those... as well i do i, mean, I do too that's a different sort of animal you know, from like my love or whatever, but it's, um, but I really enjoy it. So, you know, again, I, I, I feel like sometimes the conversations that go on around these albums are, are outdated. They're kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're kind of the same conversations that people had in 73. Like they haven't yeah. really, you know, evolved at all. And yeah. it's weird yeah. that we're still having that conversation still. Well, here's the thing too, is that for me, the first four albums have, there's something similar about them. I think Paul was more, a little more open. Uh, you know, he's, he's exploring more. Yeah. There's a warmth to the sound of these albums that he loses a little bit with like band on the run feels epic and it feels yeah. like really produced. And this is Paul back on, you know, like on mm-hmm. and on point on game, you know, he's like, I feel like he is accepting, okay, this is what you want. You want a big arena. Like you want a rock album. I'm going to do an amazing rock album. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think Red Rose Speedway is full of amazing songs and it, it is a bit of a mess, but there is a similarity for those first four albums to me that it's just, I don't know, something about his tone, his warmth, his openness yeah. uh, that I find really charming, like really, really charming. I think that he becomes a little less personal as he goes into the, the you know, as he gets more successful. Yeah. yeah into mm-hmm. the later wings period mm-hmm. which like that period rocks too in its own way like it has its own specialness but yeah this is there is something really special about these first few albums i actually have country dreamer in my ear right now on my headphones you mean at this moment yeah yeah i'm listening to the album pay attention week. talia <laughs> yeah, i am <laughs> music getting you in the mood yeah I'm big barn bed to me is like that you know when everyone's like talking about, oh, which are the greatest Beatle tracks from the 70s or whatever. I'm like, that's, a again, that Big Barn Bed is in a different league. Yeah. Me, just meaning, like, the other Beatles can't do that. Like, none of them can, can make a Big Barn <laughs> Bed. It's just, Mm-mm. like, I don't even know what Big Barn Bed is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. seriously, it's like, it's weird. It's like, it's super funky, but it's like, but it's crunchy too. It, it's, it's like uh, crunchy and tight and loose song. at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's very cool and and yeah. it's very Paul. Oh yeah. It's also very wise of Paul to like start off the the album with a reference to Ram as well. You know that was always going to go down well. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you didn't like that one. Okay, well let's go back to the one that you did actually buy. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do What do you mean? What's the reference to Ram? Uh, so um, who's that coming round that corner? The opening lyric from Big Barn uh-huh. Bed is the is one of the closing lines um, for Ramon. The reprise of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, who's that coming 
He recorded it then in RAM period. I'm not sure if he actually recorded Big Bob Bed during that period. Or, I, I or, think he did, yeah. And, and, and they added Denny Lane yes. vocals mm-hmm. later. That yeah. sounds yeah, it sounds kind of weird. It's like it's like wildlife erasure. It's like that album didn't happen. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I mean. They're like, okay, let's forget about that one and try again. <laughs> uh, Sam, does it make it better for you when you try? Did you try and play the double album experience? No, that's not the one I enjoy either. The one I enjoy is is the acetate on YouTube, like the original original cut with all the original edits and stuff like that with all the songs, you know, you've got Henry's blues in there and stuff as well. I'm guessing they couldn't copyright that for the archive release that came out. I'm guessing that's probably the reason, um, you know, I wonder if we'll hear Maisie, uh, the Lawrence Juba song on the back to the egg archive edition. Like, But for me, Red Rose Speedway as an album of songs that, kind of catalogue where Wings were like as a live act and a studio act simultaneously which is quite exciting for a double album it actually sold them incredibly well and I think that the the album that they released didn't sell them well yes, at all yes, and it missold yes. them mm-hmm. it was like a bad yeah. trailer yeah I mean that's that seems to be a problem like they they were a great rocking band and this misro- it, you know it was more middle of the road it was a softer representation of them then they then when you go and you look them up and see them perform it's like wow they're they're amazing they're and they're heavier but i still love the warmth like this is just this is like to me that's wings on tour this is them hanging out on at the farm you know the sound of them yeah i agree i i I feel like a lot of these so-called you know missteps and whatever are in the uh, in the early 70s with paul and wings are all sort of marketing and packaging um which is ironic considering he's you know the there's this mr. whole PR. stupid fucking yeah myth about him being mr pr all you know like he's all commercial whatever it's like he you know he just needs somebody to somebody professional to like package him and sell him right um because i feel i definitely feel like he's an idea man he's not like image like he's image conscious, but not image conscious. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. He's yeah. not. He's image self conscious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. He's not good at plotting out. Like I think he's he's the artist, but somebody right. needs to package him as you know right. in in a culturally in a sellable way. Yeah. Sellable way, and he never seemed because he was so disconnected from what was going on because he's an artist <laughs> to do his own thing. It's like he comes out with these wacky things that are like, what? Isn't this the year that everybody's looking tough and you've got a motorcycle and a rose you know <laughs> it you know it just is a little off off timing but cool because it's different yeah like going going back to the last episode like how how would you compare paul to john and yoko as a man who's able to establish a brand oh terrible john and yoko are geniuses at brand management let's totally oh be clear and they never pulled a better trick than calling Paul the, the ultimate PR guy, you know, or conservative or open yeah. establishment, you know, yeah. they labeled him with all these things that then aligned them with being truth tellers and anti-establishment. And it's ridiculous, but they are really, especially Yoko is brilliant at, at, at forming a narrative and a brand. 
It's a built-in mm -hmm. safeguard too. If like, if your image is to always be truthful, well then we can never question anything you say. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked incredibly <laughs> well for them. That's oh my so God, true. there's a fucking 90% I like image. No, which is not to say that their music is shit. I'm at all, I'm not saying that, but like their image is extraordinarily powerful. It precedes them for sure. Yeah, so so I think we all agree that Paul is a terrible PR person yeah. and terrible at brand management. I think that that is the quintessential problem with Wings in the 70s. You know, mm -hmm. first of all, John and Yoko so depositioned Paul and positioned Paul and Linda as, you know, all those things, establishment, not cool, you know, and, uh, you know. Simultaneously commercial. <laughs> yeah, well, like, commercial, I think, paid off the establishment. Like, oh, they're middle of the road. They're not cool. They're, you know, all he wants is money. And he's not a real artist like us. So they, they made the fact that their albums didn't sell as well, like, a strength, you know, because clearly, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to be commercial is selling out. But it's like somebody needed to take control of Paul's brand and help him sell it. And and he didn't have the distance to do that. But I think the problem is, with, this is a problem with Paul, is he is a control freak, mm, yeah. you know, and, and wouldn't necessarily let anybody do that for him. I think he probably lets people do that for him in the past 20 years, you know, takes advice. But he probably had trust issues in the early 70s. That could be the issue. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about the art though? If we're talking about the art of the album, Red Rose Speedway is one of the biggest ones. Like we, yeah. we got to talk about that. Yeah. front cover for Red Rose Speedway features a close-up headshot of Paul against a, a large backdrop uh, macho American motorcycle hog. The whole mm -hmm. image, uh, again taken by Linda, is doused in this reddish hue, which I, I, I absolutely love. And on top of all things in the most quirky Zoe Deschanel way ever, as per the title, <laughs> uh, Paul has a huge red rose in his mouth. How hilarious. <laughs> the rear of the album features a single spotlight shot at the foot of a microphone stand where multiple bouquets of flowers have been thrown, presumably by an adoring crowd, not after uh, one more kiss was played, I'll tell you that much. It also features the aforementioned Braille message to Stevie Wonder that Paul put. I'm pretty convinced that it, it's actually Paul asking him to do Ebony and Ivory several years <laughs> early, but I can't read Braille. But yeah... There's also the very gaudy Technicolor art house collage on the inside as well, uh, which okay. is wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a little editorializing there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
feel like it is. It's, it's a bit bright. It's a bit. It's a bit <laughs> brash. It's a bit. Oh, tone it down a little. Take bit. that, Eduardo Pelosi. Yes, exactly. You famous <laughs> artist. Uh. <laughs> right, Diana. Please be gentle with this cover. What does Red Rose Speedway mean to you artistically as a piece of work? You know, it's interesting because it's definitely not one of my favorite Paul cover albums. In that, like like the other one, like when Wings Wildlife really did convey the sound of the music. Actually, this probably does convey the sound of the music yeah, too. Yeah. It's yeah. it's very true. Yeah, yeah. It's bright. It's poppy. It's pop art. It's mm. a, a mess. A bit um, naff. Yeah. You know, you you don't really know what to expect. There's like Paul looking surprised beside a motorcycle with a rose in his mouth. I really don't know what <laughs> yeah, to what expect. That How did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> How did we get here? Exactly. However, I do think it's actually quite iconic. You know, I think that it's so unusual and it's so pop arty yeah, that it's kind of um, it's memorable. You know, and and I think maybe it does. The sound of it, like it looks pop art, and that's what it sounds like to me. And I have to disagree with you. I love the artwork in inside. I almost wish that was. I almost wish that that was the cover because I think it's yeah. super super yep. cool. And I think again, once you know how obsessed Paul is with with art, you know, you see the fact that he incorporates art everywhere in his work. You know, and I love the fact that he found famous artists to do. Um, you know, the, the gatefold. And um, so I think it's really interesting. I, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted with this. It's not one that I can just easily say I love, but I do think it's iconic and, and memorable and probably representative of the, the pop arty mess that is Red Rose Speedway that I love, by the way. So that's my take. It is iconic. You are right. It totally is iconic, but only in the sense that it is iconic as it is corny as well and cheesy and I, I don't find corny nails. or cheesy just just yeah. like I know it's whimsical but I don't yeah, find playful. it cheesy it's playful and weird I find mm-hmm. it just eccentric. Uh, yeah. I agree I, I think there is something I, I think it's a bit of a miss like I, I don't think it really I've thought about I this for I a agree. while <laughs> like I've yeah. looked at not in preparation for this podcast even just like just looking at it like there's something weirdly off about it and sort of unsettling, or uh, you, sort of unsettling. Yeah. I, I, I've definitely had, I've tried to prepare photo shoots in the past that I have something in my mind and then I can't really nail it when I do the thing, you know? Yeah. I wonder, especially having seen the outtakes of these pictures, I wonder if that was it. Like they just couldn't lock in to what they were trying to do. They're very varied, aren't they? The out the outtakes. They were they were doing a lot of different stuff, you know. It, well, but I, but the, I like the elements. I like the elements of it. I like the motorcycle. I don't think it's a macho thing at all. I mean, it's in soft focus and with pink light. I mean, I I I definitely don't think that's where they're going with it. Um, but I like the di- you know um, Pelosi did a lot of chrome sculptures, didn't he? Yeah, and Paul owns one. You know? Right. So he owned one in the '60s. So I think he's trying. He's doing something with chrome and like the color of rose and soft lighting, and then and then he's getting into the picture. I just like I said, I think it's just slightly off, but I think it's close to what he was going for. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it that it reminds me of is the cars. Are you familiar with the cars, Rick Ocasek? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, the it does remind like, me of his. Yeah, yeah they, his artwork is really similar. They have several. They have several albums that that take from this aesthetic also. Mm -hmm. They they kind of pull off a little better, and also it's a little more eighties. So once again, this is kind of ahead of its time. And yeah, it's, yeah, you know, this is eighties. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then. And then I feel like the the patch, the Red Rose Speedway, like maybe I would have moved that. Like if that's gone, that improves the, the cover drastically. Like if yeah. you just cover up that Red Rose Speedway, that's different. You know, the rose is kind of confusing to me. I'm not sure precisely what he's going for there. No, no like, nobody knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a Red Rose Speedway? It's never mentioned on the album. It's yeah. I like Red Rose Speedway. That That is a great, that's just a... Red Rose Speedway. It's just a, to me, it's just a, um, whatever you call it. Um, it's just like the shape of the words or the, um, uh, the sound of them together. Egypt station. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just, it Red Rose Speedway works. Um, I, I, I tend to think that the rose is some sort of it being shoved in his mouth. I kind of think it, I get from that kind of like, a, um, it has something to do with pop music and like, um, being like, um, judged or silenced or you know what I mean like mm -hmm. like like I feel like um it's some sort of commentary on that but I can't again I can't really well, pin it down it's it's not you really know coming through. you know it's similar to you know who's the artist that he loves um not uh, which one uh, Magritte yeah you know how he loves Magritte and there's always yeah, some, some yeah. something off about them you know there'll oh, be some right, element right, right. that's playful there, yeah. Maybe there's some some element to that, and I do agree with you that it's um, symbolic. And I don't know what it's symbolic of, but there is something about his something being shoved. You know, like I I don't know like, if it has... like picture him with a blindfold. Yeah, that does that. You you got you got something there, right? If he's blindfolded with a rose shoved in his mouth, like like um, pressed against a motorcycle, like that's different that changes things a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like it's just kind of like, it's almost there, but it's, it doesn't really go all the way to communicate whatever it is he's trying to say here. But I think that's the issue with this album as a whole. Like, I think that they, you know, Linda sort of said that, that you know, this was a, a, an album that was lacking confidence. And I think the problem with this album is it doesn't have sort of a, central theme i think he it was a confused like they they had a bunch of other songs they wanted to incorporate i don't think they ever got to the core of what the main gist of what they wanted yeah. to say and that is everywhere like the, the even the cover is weird and confusing and the name red rose speedway to me it conveys they're going somewhere Mm -hmm. But I don't know where Red Rose Speedway is, and it's, I don't know how it connects. You know, yeah, it has a group cycle. It's not cohesive. The the yeah. album is not cohesive. Again, you know, to the earlier point, like if you're if we're talking about is the album cohesive, then yes, I would say that this, this falls down on the yeah. job there. But like again, in terms of like the tracks themselves, I think they're all really good. Um, and again, I I don't know how important it is that the album is a, is like a cohesive message. I wonder if that's just some like baggage from the time period because people were expecting albums to be like a cohesive theme, you know, a thematic experience at that time. And Paul sometimes does he does like he does like a theme and he does like to tie things in together, but yep. but he also is a fucking mess. I mean, he's all mm -hmm. he also writes like a, like two new songs a day or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah he's, he's crazy. He has too many ideas, you know. So. I don't necessarily think he has any cohesive ideas here. I think he's just 
kind of trying to put them together and fake it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying to convey the the band. I think there is an element of their going. You know, the, like the next album is so much about freedom and escape. And, and yes. I think that there is an element of Red Rose Speedway. They're going somewhere. There's a motorcycle. Everything's confusing yeah <laughs> but he just keeps going he's like if i as long as i don't stop swimming i won't drown <laughs> there's a rocket inside you yeah. know this taking can off can we talk about how much nudity there is in this album oh yes there's yeah. a lot of sex and nudity Ooh, even around a lot the of titties in the booklet yeah it's mad it's titties 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 Ooh, but yeah <laughs> and why do we think that is do you think paul and linda are particularly horny at this period <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, because people like to look at titties, probably. I guess <laughs> Paul does, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If Lennon's going to take the mech out of my ram horns, I'm going to take the mech out of his nude covers by having nudity in my booklet. I don't know. Nah. Uh, because these are sexy. You know, like like we talked about the yes. up cover. Was it a, what, oh, it was the jet cover? Like of the woman looking so hot. Yes. Uh, the, the naked woman. Yeah. Or, no, it was just Some a, people a, thought it was Linda supposedly there's a hot shot of linda on the cover on a, on a motorcycle right i know yeah, you, it's, on, you're, it's, it's inside yeah it's one of my favorite shots of her it's in like the lower <laughs> right yeah she looks beautiful in that and that could have been the cover in my opinion that really could have been the cover just just have linda you know we're going to get onto the press to play image and you know that could could have just been a classic shot of linda we don't we we don't need Paul. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. But again, that doesn't just that. And again, that's more of the cars vein, mm-hmm. you know, of the Rick Ocasek vein. Yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the soft focus, the, 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 the colored, you know, lighting and um, mm-hmm. the whatever. That's a very sort of 80s, you know, glamour, whatever. Again, not really conveys what's on the album at all. Like, Paul looks uh, super hot at this time, though. You know, I like some of the photos where he doesn't have the rose in his because he looks hot. Like I wish yeah, we it was a good it was a good photo of Paul rather than like take the rose out of your mouth, Paul. Let's just <laughs> yeah. see you, baby. Walk all the way and you know finish the thought. Mm. <laughs> the, the, there's a great photo of him for this shoot where he's he's got his hand behind his head in that kind of paint me like one of your French oh, girls. Yeah. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now, and then he's got the rose on the helmet. <laughs> It's my screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's giving the bedroom eyes too. Can you send it to us? I'd like to see it. You like to see you you the yeah, he, lo- he looks very high actually. I think he's very yes. high in the shoot, yeah, and I think yeah. Linda is too because she looks high on the um on the oh what call it on the motorcycle. It's yeah, I mean, it's a combo of bedroom slash high eyes really. <laughs> yeah, high eyes. <laughs> All I can think of now is that is that rose in Titanic is the red rose, and like the speedway is like the Titanic's route or something. There's there's just too many references now. I've never his, seen uh, his um, housekeeper's name was Rose apparently. So yeah. she, she was perhaps fact, Paul is dead. Uh, <laughs> She walked. She walked in on me and Linda once. It was a very sexual experience. There's also this really cute picture of Denny Sywell in the middle, where he's wearing the Paul and Linda shirt. Oh, the the pink one? No, the the Paul and Linda T-shirt where they're flipping off the camera. Oh, where's that? It's inside. It's in the booklet. This booklet is thick, y'all. It's like (laughs) it's like ten pages. 
don't have this is one of the ones I don't have. I don't have that booklet either. I'm oh, sure. it's, it's like, like, it. like frantically uh, searching Google image it, to try and find pictures of it. It's tons of pinup, tons of naked ladies. Um, yeah. It's lots of concert photos. Mm, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot, actually. Um, yeah, the, the concert photos are nice, too. There's a picture of Paul getting a shave. Yeah, I like that. That's a great shot, too. I like that, that one a lot. Um, he looks hot. Again, there's more of this uh, pop art. I really like the pop art. And there's lyrics as well. I like you know that what? top Henry McCullough's got as well. Yeah, that's a great picture of Henry McCullough. The the um, the portrait one, Sam, where he's wearing that that um, funky sweater or whatever. Yeah, it looks like some sort of like Nepalese jacket or something like that. Yeah, he's very he's... trendy. I'm I'm sure Carnaby Street would have been would have been turning their heads definitely. <laughs> it's a shame we never got to see the uh, the really cheesy helmet on this on on this cover because that's because the helmet was pretty much part of every other. Uh, alternative shot for this for this cover. Mm-hmm. I'm That's sure true. That probably had some sort of meaning for Paul as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, the thing is, I, I'm not sure, and I don't know how much. I, I always assume that Paul has final say on these types of things, but I don't know how much the record executives weigh in, and you know, are, yeah. you know, are they, I'm sure they always want his picture on the cover. That I, I'm sure they did. I mean, you know, there's no way in hell they're putting Linda's picture on the cover. And and you know, this is this is an album where we do know that they weighed in because Wings. It's, it's amazing that the minute a Paul McCartney or an, an album doesn't do well, mm. that they're like all over him about packaging, yeah. you know, making this middle of the road, getting not a double album, you know, last one didn't sell. Oh, right, right, right. That yeah. they, they step in and have more control. And it's mm. shocking to me after this guy has sold a gazillion albums yeah. that, like, one misstep. I know. You know? They wouldn't dare. Super... But, like, yeah. a mild misstep for him is, like, a, you know, however many billions of units or whatever. Because he's yeah. Such, a, yeah. such a high seller. Something that would be a great success for another band or artist. They're like, yeah, exactly. ah, it's a failure. McCartney. This only went platinum or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a direct quote for back to the egg. Like, you know, any, any other band getting to eight or nine in the charts, that'd be like a huge success in 1979. But for him, whatever. Yeah. Well, he also had, I think the biggest recording contract at the time. So, you know, like expectations, yeah. yeah, and he'd also just won the Guinness Book of fucking records of the yeah. most successful songwriter to ever live. So let's calm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's allowed to just just crack the top ten, <laughs> right? Right. Well, he came back. He came back with an even weirder album. Yeah. <laughs> McCartney yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that More. one. Fuck you then. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you think that's that's bad? I'm gonna come out with a weirder one. But that one sold well, apparently. It's strange to think that more people will have heard bogey music than the orchestra theme. That's a that's a very strange thing to think. M2 sold more than Back to the Egg? Yeah, M2 is a pretty good seller because of on the strength oh, of Coming Up. Out. Yeah. Coming Up was like one of the biggest singles of that entire year of 1980. It was like number five for some... I mean, crazy, crazy successful. And is that on the strength of the B-side in the States mostly? Because that really wasn't played. The the the, the A side that I'm aware wasn't really played in the states all that much. 
What's the what's yeah yeah it's the live version versus um and apparently I, I've heard some discussion about that whether you know like for people who love the live version and they get the album they're like what um, <laughs> which I I love I love that version but um, yeah. yeah. It, it was the, the album cover, I think, was the single. I mean, the album version is the single, and then the B-side was the live version. Yeah, I don't like oh. the way he... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. all, also, strangely, um, not only is the live version of Coming Up the B-side, but for some reason, Lunchbox Odd Socks is also on the B-side as well. So there's You know he loves there. to give value. Yes. He sure does. I'm looking at I'm looking at this book. I really would love to have this this package for a Red Rose Speedway. Oh, the um the the reissue crazy yeah, box yeah, set. I do too. It's just like been sitting on my wish list. It's a lot of money though. Yeah. Give us the Wings Over Europe playlist on Spotify. Come on, please. I want to hear it. And so there we are. We have just discussed three whole albums there, folks. I am so Yay. proud of us. I knew we'd do it. When, when when all of us put put our minds to a single objective, there is nothing that can stand in our way in terms. Of <laughs> there not, is no end. Yeah, and and that was with digressions and going far off the beaten track as well. So, you know, we've 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 definitely come far all, already, and this is only our our second talk. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this some sometime in the in the future. I, I would love to talk to you all about. Band on the Run and Venus and Mars and London Town with Speed of Sound, all of that, all of that jazz. But, yeah, uh, there's not really much of a summary need. We've gone into incredible amounts of detail on on all of these. Uh, have, have we got anything coming out by Another Kind of Mind coming out in the future? Very shortly? Or... Oh, yeah, well, we have... Um... We should have a breakup, uh, next installment in our breakup series out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I'm fucking going to be looking, look, looking forward to that. I'm going to be drooling for that. <laughs> nice. Bring a mop and a bucket. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Wet ass podcast. <laughs> Wet ass podcast. Wow. I love that. I'm a dork, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have been speaking with the un- indomitable Another Kind of Mind podcast, Phoebe Talia and Dana, AKOM. Thank you all so much for joining me once again for, a, a, frankly, a crazy off-the-wall chat once again. It's been mildly Beatle-related. That's all I ever ask. Uh, it's It's been a, a pleasure, as always. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for having us. The pleasure is all mine everyone links down below but if you're listening to my show you probably already listen to their show as well that's how those demographics work but hey thank you all for listening take care everyone bye-bye much love take care bye bye-bye and there we are everyone somehow with even more digressions we managed to fit three album covers in there that's an improvement of 300 percent very good indeed Thank you again to Diana, Phoebe and Talia from Another Kind of Mind for coming on this show. I cannot believe they are supporting this poxy little podcast in the way that they are. I have so much fun talking with them. And what can I say? I cannot wait for part three. Next time, I'll be speaking with 
Andy Nichols, the co-host of my rival podcast, Two Legs, and we're going to be talking about the Phil Ramone sessions and Return to Pepperland, the cancelled album. Cannot wait for you all to hear that, folks. But yeah, I can hear Denny Lane playing us out already. Thank you all for listening to the show. Keep listening to Paul. Peace and love, peace and love. Harry, Harry Krishna. Bye-bye.